Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. It's Tuesday. I don't know if you noticed, but not only Happy Tuesday, but did you see a movie this weekend? Uh, a, a movie. Let's see. It's yeah. been ages since I've seen an actual movie in we a theater. We saw but an we actual did. movie in a theater. We saw F9, which for those of you not following along, is no longer just an, a keyboard uh, number. It's actually a movie. It's the ninth. Oh, my gosh. The ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. This is a business expense, everyone. We had to see it yes. because business, because cars. Um, when that movie came out... By the way, are there any spoiler There'll alerts some, we need to well, warn mi- people about minimal, right now? Min- look, okay. I, I'm not going to spoil anything you probably haven't either figured out or read. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm not, not going to get into anything care in this involved. Point. But here's right. the thing. When that first movie came out <clears throat> uh, 20 years ago. I can't believe it. 20 years ago. No one, I guarantee you, no one involved thought, we're taking this 10 movies. <laughs> No one, <laughs> no one, the most optimistic producer on the project <laughs> did not even ponder we're taking this 10 movies. There is a 10th one coming. They tease it right at the very end. They tell you exactly what it's going to be about at the very end. And I'm not going to spoil that. But F9, uh, you're not going to be surprised to hear it's about family. <laughs> You're not going to be surprised because that's that once once they it took them four movies by the way to find the theme of family but they got to the family theme in the fourth movie and the only other thing I think you really need to know because Paul and I have been shaking our heads and saying it back and forth for days since we saw this movie because it is I'll tell you every bit as dumb as you think and it might <laughs> it's actually better and it's worse than yes, you think it might actually it be better more and absurd worse. and more stupid than you even imagined it to be and i am not taking away your enjoyment level doesn't mean we didn't sit there in the theater and roar with laughter and enjoy ourselves because oh, yeah. we did yes it is staggeringly dumb and yet <laughs> spectacle like you can only see in the theater totally i was totally entertained and i Absolutely. walked out dumber <laughs> but I was all you dumber. really need to know if you don't know this already is two words Two key words that Paul and I have been, we've been saying it to each other. We've been texting it randomly back and forth because I'm still oh trying God. to let these words exist side by side and be okay. And uh, the words are space Fiero. Space Fiero. Space Fiero. Well, I'll text Todd and be like, blah, 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 blah. Also, space Fiero. I, I just. Two there's, words, there's one really, word. It just works. There's, there's really nothing else you have to know. And except at the same time, this is why you must go. You know, when I was a kid, I had a Fiero remote control car. Did you send it to space? In no capacity did I ever think space. I'm looking at that car and I'm thinking space. <laughs> Ron Hill, one of the guys who helped design it, who was ended up being an instructor and mm-hmm. the chair of transportation design <laughs> at Art Center. In no way, uh-huh. when the team at GM was designing that, thinking, hey, we got our new little sport, space. <laughs> space what? Fiero. Space Fiero. I almost want to close the podcast. I almost feel like we've done good work here. That really is all <laughs> that's necessary. Work. It's almost necessary for Tuesdays, oh, yes. just for you guys to know about <clears throat> the two words that go next to you. By the way, they both have periods after them. If you're writing them down in a text, it is space, period, <laughs> with a, Fiero, a period, with a space pause. between them. That's really all it is. 
There's also some F9, well, Fast and Furious related merchandise available on Blipshift. Mm-hmm. It is an 86, Fast but Not Furious, currently for sale on Blipshift. The w- easy way to get there is to go to everydaydriver.com mm-hmm. and then you can click merchandise and go straight to Blipshift and under partner stores right there. It takes you right there. Yep. And you can find everything that's currently available. And it's a little bit hard to time what's available from Blipshift at the time of recording the podcast. We're getting a little bit better with that. Yes. But just know for the immediate listeners that that is currently available. Yeah, right. Now that one's current. Also, our cheap sports car shirts are current. If you want one of the Z4 or your SLK. Space Bureau shirt. Somebody's going to do it. I want a Space Bureau shirt. I almost just want a shirt that just has those two words next to each other and nothing else. Just Space Fiero. Just any. Anything. This, Don't even need the art. Fiero with a rocket engine. Don't even need art. Just space Fiero. Space I would Fiero. be so happy. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Instead of a Topic Tuesday for you, we're getting to even more car debates. Mm -hmm. We've got Jeff in California. I believe he's in California writing whether he should increase the budget or delay the gratification or both. (laughs) We're not good at wise choices (laughs) on either place, but we'll tackle it anyway. We've got Lance J.R. writing with a Faustian bargain. He's wondering if Uh, he should uh, think about just doing something right now without regard for the future or Mm -hmm. with you know, consequences or finances. Let's Luckily, just it's it. not it's not full Faust. It's He's not going to die. But at the same time, there's it's, it's one of those. Yeah, for sure. It's a little bit difficult. Let's jump right in with Jeff's debate. He says he thinks he's got quite the challenge for us, helping us pick his next daily driver. But he says the first thing, just know right off the bat, the first thing he looks for in a car is the power. Mm. He loves horsepower. Okay. He says he wants us to have as much data as possible. So <laughs> and he sends here comes the data. <laughs> The the painting, the word painting of the mm-hmm. pictures of yep. his previous vehicles, including his dad's 1991 Honda CRX SI. I really like those. They were cool. They were surprisingly it. cool, actually. They were super cool. He had a 1998 Camaro Z28, which whetted his appetite for horsepower and kind yeah. of laid the foundation for the love of horsepower. He had it at the end of high school. He had a Camaro he, well, Z28 yeah, at the end of high school and suddenly decided... Power is what matters. Apparently, that's the pivotal moment at which it happens, which what that tells me is I cannot get my son a powerful car early because then it will be all over from there. But moving on. <laughs> he says, next up is an 05 GMC Sierra extended cab with 5.3. Wait. <clears throat> Wait, because that wasn't enough. Because he likes power. Mm-hmm. He put Magnuson TVS 1900 supercharger. Of course he did. 6 PSI is fun. <laughs> but this he is- said... Not going to stay there. This is such horsepower thinking. I got the 5.3 liter, which, by the way, big V8. Um, You know what that needs? It needs a supercharger. You know what the supercharger needs? A better pulley. (laughs) So that took us right to 13 PSI. He says, oh, man, did that truck move out? Man, oh, man. 500 horsepower, 560 foot-pounds of torque. Mm -hmm. But he still wanted more power. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. This is the kind of truck, by the way, that guns me down on my Lotus. 
This is the kind yeah, of truck that fast. does that, just so you know. Anyway, yeah. old, yeah, the ones with power. Mm-hmm. And he had an O2 Corvette Z06, a few bolt-ons, and tuning netted 450 horsepower. Which is less than I expected based on reading his list prior, but that would have been a and lot. And usually you buy a Z06, you don't drive it at all. No, you just you go to supercharge right away. add more power. Of course, is what you're supposed to do. It's right there. It's, it's actually in the signing documents. It's like one of those little things you have to initial. <laughs> that's what all that's that fine that, print that's is. That's what that is, yeah. But he had 450 Sheesh. horsepower, which in that car, by the way, is a good amount. He picked up an 08 Z06 after selling the 02 and modded that past the 600 horsepower mark. See, there we go. There we go. Yeah, now, now, we're, now we're serious. <laughs> he enjoyed that car for four years. He's got many good memories with it, including 160 mile an hour half mile runs on the airstrip with his wife in the passenger seat. 160 miles an hour in the half mile is moving. You're cooking with gas at You're that moving, point. Yeah. He replaced the Sierra with a 2015 Silverado Crew Cab LTZ with a 6.2 liter. Mm-hmm. Noticing a trend over 400 horsepower, he says. I am. First brand new vehicle ever purchased. He loved that truck, even though plagued with many dealer visits, mm. like a broken valve spring. So GM offered to buy back the truck for the original purchase price after a lot of back and forth, three years and 40,000 miles of mm. <clears throat> bickering. What are we going to do here? But he so, said, yes, please, when they offered yeah. that, for sure. He took them up on their offer, paid off all his debt, got an older truck to replace it, and a Honda for the daily driver, which means he currently drives a 2014 Accord EXL V6 sedan to be responsible. <laughs> Which is important. I'm sorry, you're listening to this podcast, you're being responsible. <laughs> you that, wow, it? you're a unique person. He says this is important as he now has a wife and three kids. Congratulations. Okay. I do see it. I do see it. With 278 horsepower, it does good with passing, and most people, he says, but not me. I'm not impressed. <laughs> most people blah, are surprised blah, that the Honda Accord just did that. He's going, why didn't the Honda Accord do more? <laughs> this needs like 400 horsepower at least. Anyway, so he did throw some Accord Sport 18s on it, Michelin Pilot Sport AS4s. 25 millimeter rear sway bar. He says that wakes it up a little bit. I'm sure it does for handling. Yeah. But here's one of the main sentences here. And that is they currently have no car payments mm-hmm. and he and his wife would like to keep it that way. Okay. Yet every day he yearns for power. Mm-hmm. His commute is 75 miles round trip. This is a quite unique commute. He says it is a winding yeah. road on the top of a levee, which means it is a two lane highway past farmlands but then it has several fatalities a year because on one side for a section of it, it's head-on collisions with semis if you're not careful oh. because this two-lane road is right on the top of the levee. So it's a 15-foot drop on one side and water on the other and no shoulder. So if it goes wrong, it goes catastrophically and sometimes fatally wrong. Oh, my gosh. Well, he says thinking first of his wife and his kids, he wants something safe. But then the other side of his brain, the, I, so, I guess the I need, other but 99% power. of your brain. Save power. Save power. Save power. He wants fast. <laughs> Surely there must be overlap. So the two cars he finds himself dreaming of most frequently are mm, a paradox. <laughs> they, They're they YouTube are, cars. They, what they are is they are the bookends of the car world. All That's the other true. cars are books <laughs> in the middle between these two right here. <laughs> the 2020 Charger Scat Pack. It's not a Hellcat, but the Scat Pack still has a lot it's of power. still plenty of power, yeah. And the Tesla Model S P85D or the P90. Tesla okay. is fast, roomy, very safe, but the Charger looks menacing, makes all the right noises, and has enough power to satisfy his cravings, he thinks. I'm telling you, everybody listening right now, one of your cars fits between those bookends. <laughs> kind of does. Yeah. Now, the Tesla would cost him an extra $5,000 as they would need to put in a new electrical panel for their older house. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the panel and the charger all in for 5K. Usually the charger just itself, I've heard $2,000, somewhere in that range is a yeah, typical amount. Yeah, but that amount. makes sense for, for install and everything. But yeah. yeah. 
So these are his, his two favorites in the $40,000 range. But he says, realistically, he should keep his budget to twenty to 25000 keep it reliable, and delay <laughs> gratification of the Charger or a Tesla for a few more years, again, trying to exhibit responsibility for his family. We, we, are, we are proud of your efforts. Yes. <laughs> we are. Your, your wife is far. listening, and she's shaking her head. But, Jeff, we, we <clears throat> appreciate what's, what's happening here. Yeah, He says, I, I've done a lot of research. There's so many fun cars in that price range. But when you combine a lot of power, safety, mm-hmm. reliability, mm-hmm. The list gets small pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. He gives us a list of things he's considered. M3s, Merc C63s. He says reliability, expensive mm-hmm. to maintain, only high miles at the twenty dollars to $25,000 price range. He says, WRX, I have safety concerns with those thin doors. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's also concerned about the reliability of WRX, which depends on your year, but I hear you True. on that. He, of course, did bring up that the BRZ86 is on here, but then he quickly says not enough power, which, I, to be honest, I don't even know why it's on your list, Jeff. Honestly. I, I agree. As a guy that yeah. likes power, as much as I love that car, it is, somebody hear me now, it is wrong for you. <laughs> what else? Oh, GTI, he says, I can't do Volkswagen because they smell like a box of Crayola crayons. So, Every single one. And what's funny is you find plenty of people that go like, yeah, it does, and I love it. <laughs> Agreed. It's very funny. Anyway. Volvo anything doesn't Can't think do he could bring myself to Can't do it. Can't do it, yeah. Wow. He wants a C5 Z06. He wants it so bad, but he says early 2000 safety standards concern him yeah. on the road that he drives. <laughs> okay, fair. Concerning. All right. He, he actually, of course, he's a Chevy guy, in case you can't tell. 2010 and up Camaro SS, he said, you know what? I dislike the interior so much on that car. The interior takes it off the list. He knows it would work, mm-hmm. but he dislikes the mm-hmm. interior that much. And then he says, by the way, Chevy guy here, I should consider a Mustang, shouldn't I? He said, there's really no reason I shouldn't consider a Mustang GT, except for the fact, by his words, he was branded GM at birth, but he knows you should consider it. He's got a 2014 Audi S4. He loves it. Worried about maintenance. And does it really have enough power? For you, <clears throat> not enough stock. Wow. It just wouldn't. So what do we think? What car do we recommend? Or does he need to increase the budget and delay the gratification longer? Clearly, power drives the equation here. And I love that you have cars and you've had them on good tires because we always recommend thinking and executing a good tire strategy for whatever climate Mm -hmm. and state and weather condition that you deal with. In California, you can get away with the higher performance, as you said, all seasons. You could even go the ultra high performance all seasons or move to the full summer tire, the full, the PS4s or the Cup 2s. Cup 2s wear out too quickly, though, for the kind of commuting you're doing. Yeah, those are PS4s are a little They're bit. on the edge, yeah. So you're you're right with the ultra high performance all season tires, and uh, because of your your location, I believe it's California. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we think you'll be okay, especially for the kind of power that you want to put down. And I've thought of a lot of cars here for you. You mentioned the 2005 Z06, the mm-hmm. one you essentially haven't had, yeah, the one in the yeah, middle. Yeah. You've already had two, mm-hmm. and you know what they're like, mm-hmm. and you love the power. Yeah, I and I'm telling you i love power too power changes and settles a car's dynamics mm-hmm. but i love it for corners straight line just power for the sake of power it's fun it's entertaining i'm not just all in on that but mm-hmm. i like power for the settling of a chassis for the you know out of the hole out of the corner that kind sure, of thing. that's yeah, why yeah, i like yeah. the power a lot and so i've been thinking of a lot of sedans but i'm i'm just not sure you're gonna be in love with any of them 
I'm concerned mm-hmm. because I'm thinking of a lot of good cars that your wife will approve of, that your kids will want to go with you for a ride, and they're genuinely fun to drive. And for a 75-mile commute, do you want to be spending that kind of gas money in a scat pack? I mean, mm, that's tough. It's going to be that's really blowing tough, down yeah. the gas. Do you really want that? I mean, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my list now, almost reconsidering everything. Because you're in accord now, I thought of the 2018 and newer Acura TLX A spec. 2019s are right in that sweet spot of your mm, budget, okay. but that's not enough of a step away from the Accord. That's just not enough of a change. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be enough power. Mazda sixes, Alpha Julias, mm-hmm. Genesis G70, and Kia Stingers—they've sure. got some good power. Yeah, they do. You said no Volvos, and I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> there, let, let's just be honest. This is exactly what's happening right now. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> the Volvo S60 T8 Recharge is quite a fun, dynamic car. The problem is they're sixty thousand dollars. That is the problem. So you can yes. throw that right out. What about a, well, the Polestar's are still like forty. The Polestar's are the, yeah. those fun wagons are still forty. Yeah. Well, shoot, the Kia Stingers and the G70s with their three hundred sixty-five horsepower twin turbo. Yes. You like that power punch, and they mm-hmm. those cars do have that. And it's got space for the family, and it's a down on your price range. That's a really good one. I like that a lot. But I came to the Porsche Panamera, the two or the four, like an early oh, wow. one. wow, okay. It's a bit of a compromise because at 300 horsepower, it doesn't have the kind of power you're mm-hmm, looking for. Mm-hmm, yeah. It just doesn't. But that doesn't mean they're slow. They do have sport mode. They're interesting to drive. And they are $25,000 or less mm-hmm. for the early ones. I'm talking 2010, 2011, 2012, maybe 13, 14, depending on the miles of the year. But I think... When you're looking at German cars and you want a change from everything else you've had, because I could just tell you, yeah, go get a GM muscle car for a commute, mm. like a ZL1 or you know something hot. Yeah, power. Sure, sure. But for a commute. So I'm wondering, do you need to change your headspace? If it's just for power, maybe this commute car you spend a lot less on. And then the fun car just is. Get that Corvette. Get the Z06 again because... Mm. You know what it does. You love it. It does feed that part of you. I'm wondering if the equation needs to change. And I love your point about the Teslas. I, they are. They're fast. They're not twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You're going to have to really start well and changing your budget. They're not really fifty thousand dollars if you double it. And and here's the thing: if you get down into the P eighty five, the real oh my gosh speed that Tesla offers mm-hmm. isn't really in the P eighty five. Still feels fast. Don't get me wrong. It's so quick. But the oh my gosh, you're kidding is not available in the P eighty five. No. So no. that's a thought as well. Yeah. And I I love that for your commute. I love that you could do it. I think the biggest thing is I in anything I come back to tires because of that particular road that you're on. Mm-hmm. And your comment about safe, Jeff, the way you describe safe is as if. You have a full FIA spec roll cage around you <laughs> just in case something crashes into you and you roll off either side of the road. Yikes. It's horrifying to think about. Yeah, yeah. I, can you change your commute? Is it even possible? Mm-hmm. It might not be. That might be a funny yeah, statement. Sure. But that that would be my first choice. But wow, if it's a road quite that dangerous, whew, because yeah, those man, trucks yeah. are moving for nobody. They're just yeah. moving. Yeah. And I... In this case, safe is not just, you know, protect you. It's got to be the car that avoids the accident in the first place, too. Yeah, and two-lane highway with big 18-wheelers is, is, I mean, there's nothing you can do. And those guys, let's be honest, those guys driving those big trucks, they do absolutely the best they can. Those guys absolutely. are drivers for a living. They oh, do the yeah. best they can, but they are driving a train. There's no instant stopping. There's no instant turning. 
So yeah, wow, that's hard. I like none of my choices unless your parameters change. Mm. Because you said it yourself, either the Tesla or the Scat Pack charger isn't immediately available for you mm-hmm. at those price mm-hmm. points. So you're either waiting, continuing to drive the Accord, and therefore not satisfying your thirst for speed, mm-hmm. or your parameters change, and you're maybe keeping the Accord and saving for that Corvette, mm. because you that does satisfy you. That will hopefully wouldn't take it and do the speed thing with it on that particular road, because your sight lines, the level of traffic, mm-hmm. and there's no out. There's no get out of the way mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. in either direction. There's you, you don't have an out. It's like pilots. They're look, always looking for a place to land. Always. <laughs> That's flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just kind of goes with the territory. Mm-hmm. But this kind of road, if you're going at speed, you have zero outs. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like to wow, me. Wow, yeah, for sure. So I'm coming to you, Jeff, saying, could your, could your parameters change? I love that you want that Tesla or... It seems to not matter to you. It's just that power punch mm-hmm. pushing you forward. So what if we just kept with the Accord? Or what if we just changed a, a bit to this, you know, one of these sedans in that price range? It's still fun to drive. They're still great for commuting because you're just cr- cruising mostly is my understanding. It's not like performance driving on your way to work. Yeah. So it, it's a tough balance here. And I, I like none of my choices. <laughs> Unless the parameters change. I keep saying this, but I keep running to this brick wall. Interesting. Okay. I think I have a car for you that's a bit of a stretch or a car for a lesser car of my favorite version that is well within your budget. So that's the the struggle that I have for you, Jeff. I do want to speak real quickly to the fact that, look, I think the S4 would satisfy you only if you got it tuned. You asked if the S4 was enough. I don't think without a tune it would be. I think that the E90 M3 with the V8 you'd love, but you're worried about the maintenance, and Mm -hmm. I can't say I blame you. I think some of the big AMG Mercedes would be wonderful, and you mentioned those as well, but you're worried about the maintenance. I think the safety on those cars would be excellent. I think you'd enjoy the power. But what I hear from you is this. You're a Chevy guy. Mm -hmm. You're a Chevy guy who really wants to be responsible and have a fairly recent car with four doors that also satisfies the fact that you're a Chevy guy who likes big power, Mm -hmm. and we're not buying you a big truck. Sure. So I think the car for you, you say that your budget right now is 20 to 25. Then you say your stretch budget in a couple of years is 40. I'm going to land at 30 grand, which is the bottom of the car I think was made for you. Mm. 30 grand gets you into a Chevy SS. Now. It's good. Why is Chevy he looking SS, at Dodges then? Well, but I don't, I don't know. That's the question I have. I don't know why this Chevy SS has been, has been missed here. But here's the thing. The, the SS starts at 30. There are dealers that are trying to sell them for 55. Okay, so the bottom Yikes. of the market of that car is 30 grand. But here's the big thing I come away with Chevy was trying to make, by their own admission, a four door Corvette. Mm-hmm. We've driven mm-hmm. it in every spec possible. It is excellent. It starts at over 400 horsepower. That's, that's its baseline. And it's a Chevrolet, it's mm-hmm. a GM product. You're used to taking those engines and giving them more power. You start with 400 horsepower in a Lego box you're used to. Yeah, yeah. I think you could get one for thirty grand right now, and then play with it down the road. Now, if that is really out, and you need a car in the near term, you step backwards in time, and you get a Pontiac G eight GT. The G eight is excellent. Those just, are twenty grand. They are. He can't stand the twenty ten Camaro SS. Well, but they don't have the same interior as the twenty. No, they've but got the it, Australian I mean, interior. Same era. It's the same era, but it's an, the Australian interior, not the sure, GM domestic sure. interior. So you might be okay with it. But so the G eight is the is the step back because what I think you really want is the SS. 
But mm-hmm. I think for you, you could get a first-year SS with magnetic ride but the auto. Actually, I don't know if it had magnetic ride first year. Anyway, the point is you could get the auto, which are cheaper than the manuals. The manuals are the ones that are going for the premium. Yeah, sure, sure. And you'd be very happy. And you'd have a platform you know how to tune. And you'd have a dead car with four doors, four seats, done. You're but right. But you're going to have to spend 30 and just up. Right. His parameters need to change. Yeah. So th- I my, love those suggestions. My two those are, are Chevy SS, I think, is the car for you. I think, honestly, it's better for you than the Scat Pack. Because I, I think it's in a Reading world that, that you just, already know and like. Yeah. So I think that's the car for you. And if you can't do that, but you need to get a car in the near term, Pontiac G8 GT for 20. Mm. All right. You've got some shopping to do. Jeff, thank you so much for writing. Really appreciate it. Let us know what you get. And uh, I hope your commute can change, man. That's just, hard. Yeah. Just that road alone just sounds It does sound scary. Yeah. Because you come back from a hard day at work and you're tired. And I, anyway, stop painting pictures. But yeah. write to us if you've got your own debate. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website, EverydayDriver.com. Top right corner under the About tab is the Contact button, and it syndicates to the same place. When the weather gets hot, it's time for custom sunscreens and dash covers from Covercraft. Their custom sunscreens are made to exactly fit inside your windshield. I mean, perfectly fit for maximum protection from the sun. They're durable and sturdy and fold up wonderfully for years of dependable use. There's a wide variety of colors and styles available, including the original awesome Silver One, Premier Series, and Carhartt. Covercraft offers dash matte custom dash covers as well, custom fitted to your dash for complete protection from the sun. They reduce road glare when driving and complement your interior with a large selection of colors and styles, including the original carpet dash matte, suede matte, velour matte, and the extremely popular limited edition. Whatever sunscreen, dash cover, or car cover you choose, remember you need to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com for our audience. You can find Covercraft by following the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality products that keep your vehicles protected and looking their best. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. We don't get into Faustian bargains often on this show. That's not something that normally happens here. But Lance has written in with one because his uh, wonderful minister of finance wife, hello to Lance's wife. She's now listening. She's she's just said, what's happening now? Uh, She's surprised him, uh, a car guy with the disease who changes cars every year to 18 months. She surprised him with, if you'll keep your car longer, your budget goes up. I mean, we kind of do every time we increase your budget and we do throw caution to the wind here quite frequently. But he says in his history, since he's been together with his wife, he's in a 1996 Saab 900 SE. Why did you get rid of the Saab? He had it for two years. Well, that's true. That's 2005 the key to 2007. He had an 04 Jetta TDI for three years. Mm-hmm. 94 Volvo 850 wagon for two years. You see the trend here. Mm-hmm. 2002 Passat 1.8 T. Another Passat 1.8T wagon. He had one Passat for a year. Then he had a different wagon for a year. Then he moved on to the Ford Focus oh, that he man. had for a year. Then here's the only curveball. Actually, I'm going to get a curveball in a minute because he got a 2016 e-Golf that he had for, guess what, a year. But he did get an 07 Volvo V70 in 2015, and he still has it. I'm amazed. It's the only one that stuck around. I'm amazed. Well, that Volvo has 190,000 miles. He's been beating the boop boop out of it for mm-hmm. six years, towing lemons race cars, off-roading it in the mountains, and he doesn't have his e-golf anymore for the around-town kid drop-off duties sure, anymore. Sure, So he says it's definitely time for the replacement. 
it's a little unclear whether that Volvo is staying or going. I think the Volvo just stays around. I think it's just I think the whole car. Taller. Yeah, yeah, it's just the hall car. What he's looking for, because he's been driving the Volvo on the places he used to take the e-Golf, mm-hmm. which is not a good match. So he's looking for the new electric. He wants a car that can at least drive in an EV mode. It doesn't need to be full electric. Mm-hmm. He needs to have an EV mode, but he wants it to be really nice. So he's thinking about the BMW E lineup or the like the 330E or maybe the 530E or something similar to that. The problem is he has a twenty-five dollars to $30,000 price range. And you know what, uh, Lance, I feel your pain here because his problem is not price range. His problem is at that price range, everything's monochromatic. White, <laughs> black, gray, black interiors. Would you like white, black, or gray, sir, with black interior? And the interesting ones he likes that have color are going for 35 to 40. His wife, amazingly, was mostly okay with spending this money, he says. He just has to keep it for seven years, at oh least. Okay. He really doesn't know if he can do this. He feels like he's selling his soul. <laughs> is there is there a Faust theme music we could throw? It? There isn't, but anyway, moving on. But a 2019 BMW 530e M Sport with driver assistance package and Harman Kardon stereo and brown leather interior and wood trim and ambient lighting is really enticing. You don't say what the exterior color is. You didn't. What, what exterior color is it? Now I'm dying. It's got to be a color. I'm it has sure to be, color. for sure, yeah. But what does he do? He doesn't know if he's capable of that kind of commitment. Hmm. By the way, just be ah. careful, Lance, when having conversations related to commitment around your wife. Be sure you just set those lines up clearly. I'm not talking about you and me. We're talking about car commitment here. <laughs> I have a question for you, Lance, and that is, does it work the other way? If oh. you spend even less, will she be less inclined to be tired of the turnover? Interesting. Is the, okay. Does it go yeah, the other okay. this way? Is it a sliding scale? I'm asking. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Because the car equivalent you're asking for and looking at right now is sort of the, I'm getting the rich mahogany wood paneled interior of the library. <gasps> I'm so bored of it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that you're infatuated with that right now, but based on what I'm hearing in your email and yeah. your car turnover, yeah. I don't think you're ready for that kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. I think you will get bored. Mm-hmm. You haven't had a car longer than... 12 minutes. <laughs> On sure. average, it's been about 12 months. Except yeah. for the Volvo. Except for the random Weirdly. Volvo, which hauls everything. And is by the way, it's uh, he's had it for six, seven years, but it is a 2007. This is an old car yeah. now. See, you've had it for seven years at least, and you can deal with that, mm-hmm. but that's because you've had other cars. Now yeah. imagine having yeah. the next car for seven years. You spent more, but you don't have any outlet. Yeah. Therefore, I don't think you can do it. Not mm-hmm. that I don't have faith in you, but I'm just saying, based on who you are and the yeah. kind of yeah, turnover yeah. that you like, if you spent less, will there be a hands-off? Will there be like, okay, you spent less. Mm. Then, okay, mm. I'm just I'm backing away. Do whatever. Have it for 13 minutes, and you, know, you spent a lot <laughs> less money. So I do think I have your car. You will be less tired of a chuckable car. Ooh, interesting. Anything chuckable okay. means you'll get less tired of it because it's all you can always come back to that. It's not mm-hmm. this luxury boat with the rich mahogany wood mm-hmm. paneling in the library. Okay. Look at our cheap sports car challenge. Look at all the kinds of cars that you could have gotten in that category for a lot less. Yeah, yeah. What if you were driving one of those? But that doesn't take care of your EV desire. That True. doesn't take True. care of a hybrid desire. 
I thought of, first of all, a Toyota Corolla XSE. It's a manual transmission, kind of fun, chuckable, mm. kind of useful. Yeah. Will last. It's, uh, you're going to want to turn that over too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought more than that BMW had a Porsche Cayenne for 30K. Interesting, fun, useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't need that Volvo anymore. Bump mm. the price up. Interesting. I see can where you're you going. Keep, can you hang on to it for seven years? I don't think you can. I'm going to be honest. But if he, if he gets rid of the Volvo, he might not need to. He might, he might not need to. He might be able to hang on to that for a few years and, and save money. You're right. That's the bit of the compromise yeah. car in Get there one for me. 20, 25. Yeah. You yeah. could do that. I mean, that's his budget now. But if he got rid of the Volvo, mm-hmm. then it's kind of everything right, fun to drive. Yeah. But it doesn't take care of that EV hybrid driving. Not mode. at all. It still doesn't. So I am either going to say commit to a Ford Mustang Mach-E, which I don't think you're going to want to do, mm. or go find yourself a used Chevy Bolt for seventeen or $18,000. It's a cheap way of deciding if you like electric cars or not. Mm -hmm. It's chuckable. It's kind of fun. It's interesting. I think it's going to keep being interesting. You can get those in bright, weird colors. You can, yeah, yeah. Orange and blue and red. The weirdness. It's not luxurious like the big BMW, but it is interesting, which I I see your point. I think the luxury is going to get old quickly. Mm. But this EV thing... Hey, I only spent 17, 16, somewhere in there. No problem. I didn't spend very much. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, uh, I, I could use a hybrid SUV to go off-roading for work. You didn't say what you do. <laughs> Honey, I just see the air quotes. I'm off-roading for work. Sure you are. But could you put like some goodies, some BF goodies on a on a bolt? <laughs> I'm not saying full safari, safari bolt. bolt. I'm not saying oh, that. Oh, no. But a little bit gnarlier off-road tires. Of course, it'll cut your range. Of course it will, yeah. But who cares? But you're driving a cheap Bolt. It will either tell you for low money whether you want future hybrids and electrics Mm -hmm. or whether, you know what, I'm tired of that in a year or two years, got my use out of it. It commuted. It was because you still have the Volvo for hauling and Mm -hmm. towing and all that kind of stuff this is just the fun it's interesting it's always an entertaining kind of car and you can get them in a color it's a weird choice but with your debate too i think there needs to be just a little bit of tweaks Mm -hmm. to the parameters to make it fit because otherwise i've got a long list of cars like cayennes but it doesn't do the hybrid ev thing for your budget yeah it doesn't increase the budget or (laughs) Less of the hybrid EV. I'm just yeah, asking. Yeah, or yeah. more of that hybrid EV thing and go all the way, but you're spending a lot of money and now you got to commit to it because you spend so much money. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give you a way out. The sliding scale is interesting. Yeah. Yes, because I think you need a way out. Mm. And bolts, you'll always be able to sell that bolt again. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like it. Lance, you and your wife. Hello, wife, because I'm sure you're listening now. I have a few thoughts here about your dilemma. I, I like where you went, Paul. That's good. It gave Safari me a Safari bolt. There you go. Perfect. That's what we're going to get. But thanks for bolt. listening. Safari bolt, and, and we're done. It's, it's like Space Fiero. This is Safari bolt. Totally. It's going to be perfect. With the rally lights, roof rack, and the mud flaps that drag on the ground. How, how bad would your rage be if you're, if you're powering those monster rally floodlights <laughs> and pushing around heavy-duty tires? Could we cut it to a third of its Sweet. actual normal range? But nobody Probably. would have one. Nobody would have one on the side of the road. Uh, yeah. So first off, kudos to you for keeping this Volvo for this long. How did that happen? That's really weird. Yeah. But I think 
I think what you and your wife need to discuss here is compromise. <laughs> One of those fun words in marriage because she has seen this and seen that on average you keep a car about a year or 18 months. Yeah. She's asking yeah. for seven years. And you're asking for EV related. Yeah. Yeah. I think what needs to happen here is cut the requirement in half. Okay. The compromise is you need to keep this next car for three, maybe four. Okay. I think that's more surmountable for you. And I also think the reason this compromise works is because you're looking at EV related tech. It's moving yeah. very quickly. Because it changes and it drops used tech drops off. And quickly. unless unless it has some sort of massive over the air up- updates a la Tesla and others are doing it too now, and it is a full EV drivetrain, you're talking about what I would call mid ground EV related tech. Those three and five series BMWs that are slightly EV, mm-hmm. that is like middle ground tech. We're not really EV. We're not really a gas engine. We're not really a hybrid. We're confused in the middle. A Fisker Karma is for you, Lance. Yeah, exactly. You could get That's, one of those. Why didn't cheap, I think of that? Problem solved. Thanks for writing. <laughs> but but my point here is that that middle ground era, I think that's going to age faster than the other ends of the spectrum. It's going to feel like it's much older than a. a, a true internal combustion car and it's going to feel like it's much older than a true ev car it's going to be those cars in the middle just like in the early 2000s people were putting nav in cars well the cars from the 90s that didn't have nav they don't seem that old now and the cars from the 2010s when the nav got halfway decent seem like spaceships by comparison and those cars in early 2000s like how old is this thing with an atari in the dash only space fieros feel like spaceships exactly (laughs) this this is the problem with buying those middle ground evs right now yeah so i think what you need to commit to is three maybe four years and what you're replacing here is an ev car so my thinking is if you're gonna go with that bmw you should definitely spend the more money because i also think if you get a color you don't like that's a car you'll want to replace day one the day you own it very true great point that's you're just you're never going to be happy don't buy it's five thousand dollars less i'm telling you that hurts i get it but day Mm. one talk about buyer's remorse i didn't get the one i wanted and i got to keep this for three to seven years now that's a fight waiting to happen, it feels like to me. Yeah. So let's go three to four yeah. years if you're going to go with those middle ground. Uh, but he can't go quite as much TVs. money. He, he gets like half the money, half the commitment, half the money, right? No, I don't think so. Because all the not, money, half the commitment? It doesn't drop that, that much. I'm saying the compromise here is the, is the amount of range. Lance's poor, long-suffering wife needs to acknowledge what she's asking of her poor husband. Because seven years is seven times longer than he typically keeps a car. <laughs> That's true. Seven times longer. So yeah. let's go three to four. And also because I think both of you are going to be kind of bored with this middle ground EV tech in three or four because you're going to watch everything in the industry move past it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm talking about spend that 35. I, I, yeah, it's more. Really? But get let's cut the commitment in half. But then I have a flip side, okay. which aligns with what you're saying. Okay. And that is go get cheap full EV. Yeah. And there I think your answer is BMW i3. Do you? Because those yeah. were 45 to 50 grand, yeah. which was way too much. And their range was roughly 100 miles. You could get a range extender, which was essentially a gasoline generator in the back. But the, roughly 100 miles. But they are rear-wheel drive. They are interesting cabins. They're actually kind of cool. Safar i3. Safar uh, Stop e. it. Stop it. Safar yes. i3. Well, Safar i3. Th- 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 oh. Somebody's making that shirt right Safari now. 3. Right now, they're trying to figure out that logo. But the BMW i3 is rear-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. It's 
uh, look, my wife hates the look of them. I think they're fascinating. So your, your mileage will vary there. But I think it also does the BMW interesting thing for you. It's a nice place to be. It's fully electric. Mm-hmm. And spend fifteen grand. Yeah. And get a nice one. Spend twenty and get a really nice one. Do not buy a new one. They're too expensive. But you spend fifteen to twenty, and there's op like lots of options in colors. Look good to look at. Does the full EV thing? I think that's the compromise along the lines that you've got, Paul. Otherwise, go with the big boat, and then the commitment has to be less. Because let's be honest, um, to to poor Lance's wife. Let's be honest. I don't think Lance can do it. Yeah. So let's try to meet in the middle. All right, so I'm hearing instead of the Harman Kardon stereo and the rich brown leather interior, we're going renewable bamboo and some tweed made out of recycled soda bottles. It was a nice place to sit, though. It I, was. I would have one. I it would was totally refreshing. Have one. Yeah. It was kind of different. When your car needs new brakes, and it will, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance for something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking with no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes. That includes the pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need new brakes or simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. Todd and I even found great kits for our SUVs and cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Parker Singleton on Facebook has a track daily crush, but it's having to do with a career Mm. or hobby or decide to end it forever. Okay. He offers us rally racing, touring car racing, or off-road truck racing, and why. I'm going to crush off-road truck racing. Okay. Because gritty. (laughs) It's gritty. (laughs) It's just hundreds of miles of bouncing. It's it's just bouncing. I mean, I'm picturing picturing the Baja 1000 right now. And that feels like one of those things like the Iron Man or, you know, the Leadville 100 or whatever, where you get to say you survived. (laughs) Right. You're really, really glad you finished. Winning is an entirely different category. Rally racing has suddenly become very interesting to us because of our new friends at Rally Ready in Mm -hmm. Austin, Texas. We have a TV episode coming out for season nine. And we really both kind of enjoyed it. It was very fun. We yeah. both, I think, want, I'm speaking for you, but I think we both want way more seat time. We want to do it way more because yeah. we're just yeah, starting to discover fun. skills there. And so I'm going to do the rally racing for hobby, and I'm going to do the touring car racing for a career. I actually align with you on this. Do you? Because I think the touring car racing is the, I got to go to work. You know, I got to yeah. go, go to work. I got to yeah. focus. I got to, the rally racing is, I might hit a tree today. And that's actually just rally racing. I'm just going to go out and try it. We're going to get sideways, and that didn't yeah. work this time. I'm going to keep my foot in it and hope for the best. I mean, I think that that feels like weekend to me. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Baja 1000 feels like I need a shower. I just I just need a shower. Constantly. I just, yeah. Wow. I respect it like crazy, but <laughs> I it do just, too. I no, agreed. No. Wow. Bouncing and grit. That's the entire headspace. Chris writes in on Facebook and says, uh, question. <clears throat> When you've had a check engine light for a week and it disappears, 
has the car magically healed itself? He says, I have a, a, an 07 Mini Cooper S with a six-speed. <laughs> I tightened the it gas just, cap. It fixed itself. That, that is very possible. <laughs> Chris, you, you don't say what you think actually caused this CEL. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you have one of those OBD2 readers. They're pretty cheap now. You can get them, and you can actually read what the code is. Yeah. Very often, to Paul's point, you cannot tighten the gas cap enough. The car will throw a check engine light, and when the next time you put gas in it, you tighten the gas cap, and it fixes itself. Or in the interim, you tighten the gas cap, and it fixes itself. Mm. So mm-hmm. the car is monitoring a ton of things. The check engine light is, this is the funny thing about it, is it has that engine shape, and we're all conditioned. The engine shape comes up, and we go, oh, there's something wrong with the engine. But it is specifically related to emissions. Yeah. yeah. Things that are, now that can be a lot of things, but things that are involved with the emission system and its efficiency are things that trigger the CEL. So theoretically, you can have a car. I'm not saying do this, but O2 sensors are a great example. Your O2 sensors could be bad, and your check engine light will be on, and your car will continue running mm-hmm. kind of indefinitely. Your O2 sensor is bad, check engine light. I'm not saying do that, but I'm saying there, you can have a check engine light, and the car continues to just run, mm-hmm. isn't worried about it at all. So because it's monitoring so many things, things could have changed. Here's another thing. You could have gotten some bad gas. And the yeah. car is not happy. True. So there's True. a lot of things that happen here. What I need you to do is I think you should go get a reader so the next time it happens you can tell what it is. But I will tell you my favorite check engine light story ever. <laughs> you know where I'm going, don't you? I do. I do. It's funny. We were shooting for season nine. It's still funny. We were shooting electric <laughs> CUVs. Please connect with me on the fact that we were shooting three things that were CUVs that were entirely driven by electricity. They do not have emissions. Uh Okay, this Uh is the key element here. Why? Because you know, somewhere in like lights and parts bins, check engine lights exist. Mm -hmm. At one point, I turned on the Volkswagen ID4 and it gave me a check engine light. <laughs> in amber. I thought I could get through it. I thought I could say it with <laughs> a straight couldn't. face. But it really didn't even happen. And I called you over. It's like, I've got a check engine light yeah. on my electric car. Explain to me what part of the emission system is currently not exactly. working. Now what? I have no idea what to do. Now it went away. Because again, the car healed itself. But this is a catch-all. <laughs> so it happens. This is a catch-all oh thing. And so it doesn't mean your car is not running. I am continuing with the track crush and daily from Ryan Reyes. The Fast and Furious cars, since Ooh. we've been talking about them. First of all, the Paul Walker slash Brian O'Connor R34 GTR from the second Fast and Furious. Too or the fast, fourth too movie. furious. Too fast, too uh, furious. Toyota Supra from FF1, mm-hmm. the orange one that recently sold for $550,000. Unbelievable. Or Dom's Charger, which appears in multiple f- films. Yes, yeah, variants. Different of one that. in every single movie. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I am. I'm going to track the R34 GTR. I am going to daily the Charger. And I'm going to crush the Supra. That's funny. You and I are in agreement on track daily crushes tonight. That's crazy. Wow. Look, the Toyota Supra, I don't want to daily that or track that. The R34 seems like a blast on the track. And the Charger that I want is the one out of the new movie. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. They've done various ones that are, are all very cool. I love that era. That late 60s, early 70s Charger is phenomenal. Let's be honest. I'm a Dukes of Hazzard kid. But the latest one? It's a Hellcat mounted mid-engine and big wide fenders, and they made it sit really low, and it looks phenomenal. I just keep thinking, I just want to drive that. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. Seth Kleinman says, hang on, hang on. He's actually, he's not doing it for real, but I think he's kind of calling me out here. I think Seth is calling me out. He says, 
you're inside the car most of the time. What does it matter what color it is? He's definitely calling you out. Uh, maybe you can see the hood, maybe, but usually don't see much else. Seth, do you think about what color your shirt is after you put it on? Mm. Do you think about what color your shoes are? I mean, you might, but your shirt is the best one I can think of. Mm-hmm. You only know what color your shirt is when you picked it off the hanger and you put it on and looked in the mirror. And the rest of the day, you don't see it. But if you picked a terrible color or you spilled lunch on it, it matters. Mm. Okay? I, I just Cars are so expensive, and you've talked about it many times, Paul. They are fashion items, and they talk about who you are as a person. For sure. So if you go bland, what does that say? Or if you go, we were talking about it earlier with, with Lance. You go with a color you don't like. Doesn't that matter? You're spending a lot of money. This is, this is like saying, I bought a house that's ugly, but I don't ever walk outside. Or I don't have to see it. My neighbors just look at it. I mean, you, you look. My that's, neighbors hate me. That's justifiable. Yeah. You could say, I have an ugly house from the outside, but I don't care. But do you want to spend that money on an ugly house? I mean, do you want to pull up to your ugly house? Yeah. yeah, I think it's the same kind of thing. Look, this is personal preference here, but I think the outside of your car matters because you get to claim that. You get to walk over. Look, uh, look, okay. All right, I'll go into a controversial place. You ever see somebody with a really unattractive spouse? Mm. like a really unattractive spouse. Tiptoe, danger, danger. Danger, danger, yes. Or uh, look, I'll go the other way other way around. You see somebody and you think you know how old they are and their level of uh, popularity. I, I, look, I'm going totally superficial okay. here, I know, okay. but just follow me. You just see them at a party. <clears throat> All right. And then their significant other walks over and you totally, completely reevaluate how old they are and how popular they must be based on the person that just stepped up beside them. You ever done that? We've all done that. We've all done that, yeah. This is your ugly car. Hmm. It does. It look. It doesn't actually clarify who you are, but this is the thing you're putting forth. It's hmm. a good point. Mike R asks: When few cars, a few cars share the same platform, what all does that hmm. entail? Subframe, shock towers, floor plan, floor plans, engine bays. Mike, it really depends on the car company, the platforms themselves, and what that platform is being used for. Generally speaking, it's it dictates how the engine is mounted, mm. whether it's longitudinal, whether it's transverse, and whether that platform will accept rear, front, or all-wheel drive. And those similarities throughout will kind of dictate. So we'll take the platform used for the Cayenne and all the Volkswagen products. So Porsche builds everything up from there. So they use the same kind of engine mounts. Mm, yeah. Yes, shock tower mounts for the most part. And anything having to do with crash testing at the firewall, Mm -hmm. that's really to get the most out of that platform. That's the expensive part of building a car because that's where the engine usually is located and it connects to the HVAC system and where your steering wheel mounts and the pedals, the stereo, you know, nav screen, all that kind of stuff. That's all at the A pillar, at the firewall. So that has to be crash tested. And if you want to be able to get different models out of it, that has to be a standard. So you go mm-hmm. from there. Platforms can be wider. They can be have a slightly wide, wider width to the car. They can extend the wheelbase. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, that engine and variants of the transmission fit in this way. Front mm-hmm. longitudinal or front sideways, that dictates everything from there. But you'd be surprised the proliferation of kinds of cars that can be built off the same chassis. The MQB from Volkswagen is that's, a great example. Thank you for going there. Yeah, that's the key one. The MQB, if you think about it, we've talked about this, joked about this before. The MQB, QB, okay? Um, <clears throat> think about this. The Volkswagen Polo, 
and the Volkswagen Atlas yeah. share chassis components yeah. because that firewall and the way that the A-pillars happen is universal, and they're moving out. They're moving yep. the width out. They're moving the, everything else behind that A-pillar is changing, but the MQB chassis, I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that when you drive a Golf or an Atlas, you're like, yep. Yep, these feel like they came from the same basic core because they did. Kind of does. It's crazy. And that's why we go after the fun of sports cars that have chassis that are bespoke to the platform. Yeah, that's rare. The 86, the Miata, the Cayman and Boxster. Mm -hmm. That's what we love about those kinds of chassis giving that one kind of feel that you don't find anywhere else. That's what makes those commentaries so different, so interesting and relevant. And what makes it so rare that a car company does that? Because they can't, this is what Volkswagen's doing, they can't amortize out that chassis to do anything else with. Mm -hmm. It's just got to be that car. We have to sell that car. The C8 Corvette is a current recent example. It's like C8's great the C8 one. Corvette yeah. is a mid-engine Corvette. There is nothing else they can do with that chassis. They're not making a mid-engine CUV out of that to amortize it out. <laughs> they might do a Cadillac. They might try now. <laughs> yeah, there you go, for sure. Dr. CT, I believe is what that is. He says, I've got a monumental birthday for my wife coming up. That's a, a number with a zero at the back. Monumental birthday coming up. He says, uh, new Miata or used Boxster for her. She misses her Scion TC that she described as peppy. Currently, she likes the 440i for the turbo punch. She can drive man and would prefer auto. Your answer here is Boxster 718. Get a base one with the PDK. Because great. those used are not holding their value because they are the base unloved two liter, but they have 300 horsepower. They can be tuned if she wants more. She won't need more. You can get the PDK, which is the best of the automatics out there. That, that peppy punch, that turbo punch you're talking about. We have a piece on YouTube right now that is the 718 base Boxster versus the Z4 BMW. You should watch that piece on YouTube. It discusses this exact thing. I love the Miata. The Miata is a great example. I know the joke. Miata is always the answer. I know. I get it. Get it. But that turbo punch on the current 718 Boxster is really, really wonderful for what she's wanting. I think she would love that. She would like the interior of that car. And those are available used for cheap by comparison. It's a great way to get into Porsche. Nils Hagstrom has an idea uh -oh. to match home styles and design to the cars the homeowner should drive. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> My house is ugly from the outside. <laughs> Moving on, yeah. See, what you're talking about, Nils, is like a 1970s Porsche 911 or maybe an earlier 912 or a Jaguar E-Type for the weekends, an F-Type for everything else, an Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio or the Mercedes AMG GT matched to mid-century modern style. Think Palm Springs. Wow, well done. All of those could work. From I knew you'd enjoy new this. New to old. I'm not going to do too much for like Tudor houses and that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe an old Citroen. With a thatched roof with a Morgan out front. Oh, that's good. See, See you See? can I do, could this. do this. I could do well this. Well done. Wood roof, wood car. Done. <laughs> you can do this. Bradley J. 1983 asks our theories on Toyota's response to the new Z car. You're sounding like what their response should be, mm -hmm. not what they are have yeah, given yeah. yet. He says it looks on paper to be a good value proposition that might steal prospective super buyers. Is Toyota dropping a six-speed? Does they, do they add the classic wing like the Mark IV? I definitely think six-speed should be in the, in the equation. I think it's coming. I it's think an that's enthusiast the thing niche car to begin with, really. Yeah. It's not like a loss leader or, a, you know, hey, everybody buy the, the, well, but, uh, the but sports it's, car. But it's not like they, this is the big thing about the six-speed manual and the Super is it's not like they have to go develop a six-speed. BMW has a six-speed for that drivetrain. 
because it's in the Z4. Yeah. It was developed for That's the Z4. Point. They can put that transmission in the Supra at, I, I feel. At look, lower cost. There no might still be mods, but cost. at far lower cost. Yeah. No one at Toyota has told us this or admitted it. Right. I right. 100% believe that a manual is coming. And I think the best time for them to drop that is Nissan goes, ba-boom, 400Z, and Toyota goes, excuse us, manual. Yeah. I, I like that little, let a rivalry begin. Let it yeah. be friendly. Yeah. Like college football teams. Well, maybe that's not so friendly. But how about... Uh, <laughs> that's not so friendly. BMW yeah, those are fighting words right I, there. Oh, yeah. That might be a bit of a war with... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so how about uh, BMW and Mercedes? They're always kind of gooning mm-hmm. each other. BMW yeah, and Audi, yeah. they all, always kind of you know throw down in various ads. But they're always respectful, and they do it on social media and that kind of thing. So maybe those cars come out, and Toyota does something, and Nissan goes, ha-ha, but we cost less. And Toyota goes, ha-ha, but six-speed. But yeah. you know, kind of back and forth. I think it's a win for everybody. That is the big thing with the 400Z is it looks like, if the rumors are true, it looks like it will offer more power for less money originally on the base model. But there's a lot of other factors. Indeed. Dam says, why do convertible versions of the same model lose value faster than the non-convertible mm. versions, even though they usually cost more brand new? I think it's choice. I think usually speaking, I mean, usually hard to, or uh, soft tops are black, but you can choose your color and then nobody really wants that color combo of that convertible oh, top sure. with that yeah. color car. Right, and, maybe. Yeah. I like that less, but also where they more components, they wear out faster. What a great thing. Yeah. They cost a lot more new because of all the engineering involved. Mm-hmm. But later on you think eh, there's a lot of wear in there, a lot of mechanical stuff to break. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, maybe it just doesn't matter. But one of the ones he brought up was the E46, and he's right. The the hard tops of those are worth so much more than the convertibles. There's another thing going on here, and that is, uh, look, I'm I'm guessing in what I'm about to say, but this is my this is my suspicion. Okay, if you're buying a brand new fifty thousand dollar, which is what a BMW would be, fifty thousand dollar convertible, you are very similar to the same buyer that buys a brand new luxury sedan. You're only buying it because you're intrigued by it. It's just for you, and you want the warranty, mm-hmm. which means there is no second buyer for that car. Yeah. There's, because yeah. you look at a used convertible, and if you're a car enthusiast, generally the E46 is a great example. If you're a car enthusiast, you just say, I don't want the convertible because the chassis isn't stiff enough. I want it to corner better than the sure. convertible, so I'm sure. not going to buy the convertible. And the person that looks to buy the used formerly German expensive convertible goes, that's going to cost me a lot. And so they don't buy it. And so that dichotomy, I think, creates this shift. Of course, grand exceptions exist like the Miata. That's just how the car came yep. until they introduced the RF. Yep. But that's just the nature of the car. Mm-hmm. That was how the car was built. And so everybody's looking for it. Two words to remember, two words to live your life by. Yes. Space Fiero. That's really all you need to know from this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your questions. We really appreciate you listening and so much to share. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. 